In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. A roast as dark as the night, perfect for fueling the cryptid research and mad ravings required for your podcasting. Don't mind the red eyes, he's just trying to warn you of the bridge. The bridge. Finally, from the caffeine-addled brains of spring Jack Coffee and last podcast on the left, we bring you Mothman's Red Eye Blend. Yes, delicious Panama beans. Go to lastpodcastmerch.com to order yours today. <laughs> There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. Side stories. That's when the cannibalism started. Side, Side stories. stories. <laughs> yes. I saw a lot of good movies this weekend. All right. I actually watched a few movies this weekend as well. What'd you check out? I saw the movie Pig oink, oink. with Nick Cage. He's crushing it. Is he the pig? No, but he might as well be because <laughs> oh. of his boorish behavior in the beginning of the film. Oh, my God. But he grows. And so then this he, is a Nick Cage. Wor- this is a Nick Cage movie worth watching. Nick Cage. He can act whenever the fuck it is he yes, wants to act. Absolutely. As soon as he says, like, this movie I'm going to act in, he does it. He crushes it. Pig is one of the most unique films I have ever seen. It is. A, okay. It's John Wick through the Portland fine dining world. It Love is very it. specific. And another movie that really surprised me called My Heart Can't Beat Unless You Tell It To. Okay. Which was one of the most interesting retellings of a vampire story. That I have seen in a minute. And my, it's just nice. There's so much stuff out there for the summer. My heart won't beat unless you tell it to. Absolutely. We, you know, we don't, they don't, these tiny movies don't pay us to advertise for them. But honestly, Absolute, go check it out. Check it's so good. Out. Like, it's the, uh, what a very well acted, creepy as fuck. I love it. Movie. I, I love the unique title. Speaking of titles, welcome to Side Stories, everyone. Oh. I am Ben hanging out with yeah, Henry. I watched you. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hello, star of the movie Pig. I assume you're the you're the truffle pig. Mm-hmm. I eat the mushrooms. I found them for my daddy. <laughs> That's very nice. I'm around and he he let me get stolen. I love you, he talking let me pig. Get stolen. You're one of the better talking pigs around. I watched a few movies as well, mm. um, but I don't oh, think we're going to take any money from people's mouths. Mortal Kombat. Oh wait, wait a second. I, That's a little indie movie. That's a little indie Mortal Kombat movie, which I loved. By the way, I thought it was super fun. How was a cheerleader gapers? Cheerleader Gapers was fantastic. The way that they said, one, two, three, gape. And they all did it. It's about classic. All classic movies are based upon one incredible scenes strung together. There's only been six songs ever written, isn't there? Hmm. Every movie is just a repeat of another movie. And Cheerleader of Gapers. Cheer- we, you know, because the first thing it reminded me of was Wizard of Oz. Absolutely. You think about how they all gaped on that mm-hmm. set uh, against their will. <laughs> all right. Never mind. Let's not talk about that. I also watched Kong versus Godzilla and a little indie movie that I actually do want to plug. Not really something I watch very often. It is about stand-up comedy. But I put on a film called Too Late. 
And it was really good. What's it, who's in it? Ron Lynch. Ron Lynch is the main star. He plays a comedy club owner who's also a comedian. And he does some horrible things. And the whole cast is really good. And it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just one of those surprise movies. Super low budge. And very on the nose in the comedy scene. So I did have a few moments where I was like, like oh, because fuck, a, dude, oh God. a dude runs a, a glorified open mic in a bagel shop or a coffee shop. And I like, can't go back. I can't do this anymore. Uh, but Alyssa Lynn Paris is in, honestly, and she's yes. fucking hilarious. And so is Mary Lynn Rathschub, who I worked yes. with on that uh, guest house show. And she's really, she's a lovely woman. So check out Too Late as well if you want to watch a little bit of a comedy horror that is fun and campy. We have a lot of updates because um, a lot, you know, when we so come on, today. we cover a bunch of shit here, and sometimes catch some things catch up, some things kind of like we get really into. Um, there's apparently um, because we asked for a moratorium on some of the penis breaking stories. Sure, just we've been covering a lot about people getting their penises broken, but this thing then came out, which just shows how we're tapped into the zeitgeist. We are so we are the Cronkite of podcasters, Kab the Walter Cronkite. It, this is apparently men in Iran are purposely breaking their dick. This is in the Zagros Mountains in Kermanshah, the largest Kurdish-speaking city in Iran. And Nailed apparently it. they're doing this thing where sound of men bending the top part of their erect penis to one side while holding the lower part of the shaft in place until they, they hear a click or pop. They're doing this on purpose. It's called taquandan, yes. which is Kurdish for to click. And they're doing it to get rid of boners. And some of them do it out of habit because they say they found it pleasurable, refreshing, or they simply enjoyed the sound. Well, that's just kind of a different form of masturbation then. I don't like uh, it. Wow. All right. Well, stop breaking your dicks out there. And if you're going to do Please. it, do it the organic way. Have somebody else sit on it all wrong. Break your dick. People in Iran, you've had it hard enough. Stop breaking your own Please penises. Please stop breaking your penises. We love the Iranian people. Um, also, a story that we didn't really cover, but this the but a serial killer nicknamed the Hollywood Ripper, which is also what you can nickname me in the bathroom. Uh, yeah, I actually did put my mask on. Th oh, I'm, I'm not really thankful for the mask mandate, yeah. but this bathroom in this studio... It's nice. Yeah, well, that mask is not a bendate. I'll tell you that much. Don't even get me going, but you are getting me going slowly. Anyway, the Hollywood Ripper, uh, he has been sentenced to death. His name is Michael Gargulio. How many people did he kill? So they, I can see a total of three here, but they say these killings could go all the way back to 1993 when he was just 17 years old. Jeez. And of course, you might know this story because it involves a famous celebrity as well. Ashton Kutcher, who did absolutely nothing wrong, he, he was didn't. potentially going to go on a date with somebody, but that person ended up being a victim of Gargouli, and her name was Ashley Ellerin. Oh, this is the, the the date that he was supposed to go on, and then he looked through the window, and he saw like a puddle, and he was like, I think she might have spilled some wine. Yes. And then he ran away because he had to get back to set. Ellerin, she was found uh, brutally stabbed. And it was 47 times. Jeez, so this man, Lou. a total freaking psychopath, Michael Gargulio, he looks exactly like his name. He does. He's and, got like a crooked nose and he's got the weird, like, ID. he looks like an absolute fucking creep. Yes, he's a father the of- The boy next door killer. All right, they're just throwing names around. Yeah, they're just throwing names around. He's a father of two. He's going to head to death row at San Quentin. Uh, Los Angeles jury found Gargulia guilty in the August uh, of 2019 killing of 22-year-old Ashley Ellerin in 2001 and Maria Bruno, 32, in 2005. Both women were viciously stabbed multiple times in their Los Angeles area homes. He was also guilty of attempted murder of Michelle uh, Murphy. 
uh, who was stabbed multiple times in her Santa Monica home. It is very good. This man is off the streets. What a freaking nightmare. And the first murder charge that he potentially was a part of, or one of the first murders he was potentially a part of, Trisha Pachaccio, uh, she was found stabbed to death outside her Glenview home in 1993 when Gargulio was just 17 years old. This Jeez. dude has had a long run of actually, brutal, brutal murder. I did not know that we were a capital punishment state in California, uh, to be honest. And I'm looking at this right now. I don't know why I didn't know that, but I'm, I'm looking at this now. And apparently they're saying that there are currently 703 inmates awaiting execution in California. Okay. And it's the lowest it's been since 2011. And they said they're almost thankful to the fact that it's the lowest because it's primarily the lowest due to suicide and COVID. Well, isn't. So he has a long history of sitting in a cement cell, staring at a wall, contemplating the horrible things that he did. And I am not pro-death penalty. As a matter of fact, I don't think the state is competent enough to know who is uh, worthy of death. However, they do it here by audition. They shame you to death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) What they do is they have you sit on a Zoom call with a producer for five hours, and they keep telling you how great you are for the part and how, like, they can't wait to see you in Portland and how this is going to be like, man, what's like, once we fucking connect, oh, you should see some of these late night spots have already got licked up so we can go go after we're done shooting. And then they tell you the next day how you didn't get the part. And And then you just fall apart emotionally and you just die of neglect. And another suicide right here in Los Angeles. So anyway, there's a little update on that. Also, we have an update on our lobster story. Well, it turns out that last week we talked this about lobster sabotage. Lobster sabotage. Because we guessed that it was sabotage last week, and it turns out that we are correct. It turns out there is a straight up, if you do look into this, is from a report from the Cape Cod Times. Um, this is also from 2015. For the, Cape, for the Cape Cod Times, this is their spotlight. This is a huge this story. This is the biggest story ever. Actors need to come and see what they're doing. So when they are cast in the made-for-TV movie all about the lobster gate, you know what it's like. This is about fucking a man named Joe Vaudo, who Ooh. is the he is the one who has been sabotaging the lobsters all throughout Cape Cod. This is because apparently he has been in several legal entanglements with the city. Um, this this is according to the Cape Cod Times. There is a seafood fight underway in Barnstable Superior Court over accusations of embezzlement. Disputes about property and allegations of derogatory comments. Oh my goodness! So I gotta say this. So the dude, so the guy that's involved in this, not just Joseph Votto, this dude Scott Thayer. He's the former boss at Joe's Lobster Mart in Sandwich. Of course, Sandwich is where all of this takes place. They worked together side by side, surrounded by crustaceans, for thirty years. And you think that that would engender some trust? We're here Ooh. at the bottom of the ocean. Can't we just, how if I can't turn to you and trust you, who am I going to trust these lobsters who I'm trying to eat? I think that maybe all of that cracking of the bones and the cooking of the lobsters and all the crustacean odors, maybe it drove them insane. No fucking way. How dare you? Nothing brings me more peace than opening up a crab claw or opening up lobster guts. That makes me, that's when I'm finally smiling. I know. And that's why you were so devastated when I told you that some countries are not allowing you to boil those lobsters alone on last week's episode. It's okay. So interestingly enough, the State Department of Public Health, they revoked Fado's license because apparently they found him guilty of receiving stolen lobsters. Yeah, man. And <laughs> sold- I'm sorry, not stolen lobsters, stolen oysters. And then he sold them at his business. Like illegal oysters. He's the, there is a, there, I didn't know there were illegal oysters. Man, whatever business you're in, there is an entire black market dedicated to your 
business. I don't know why. Side stories, LPOTL at gmail.com. If you are in a hyper specific business where there is shit that is illegally happening in your business, I love finding out these like very specific oh fish crimes God. because this comes down to money. It Joe's does. Lobster Mart, he was originally part of Joe's Lobster Mart. It was shut down. Uh, him and his partner Thayer, uh, they became, their relationship had become strained. It got a little rocky um, because, uh, well, Thayer ended up buying the assets and the business yes. in 2014 for $1.2 million bucks but then it turns because out they realized because because again uh vado he don't he he has no contract anymore he didn't but he continued to quote unquote help out at the store with bookkeeping and in that role he somehow managed to move <laughs> some of the funds from the company to his own special because i think in his what? mind he's just like it's like i just wanted to make sure that i could take a look at the funds of myself make sure they're safe yeah and it turns out oh no no that's called stealing absolutely and <laughs> kennedy would never steal thayer I'm actually not I'm not victim blaming, but mm -hmm. I will say Thayer made a massive mistake by allowing this person who he had to have some resentment for. He obviously knew that things weren't up to code. He got his license revoked in the lobster seafood game because he was smuggling in stolen oysters. That's what happens. Which sounds like when you have your testicles slightly hanging up out of your, your shorts. Oh, I was saying up, up, your, up your ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, up your ass. Smuggling oysters up your ass. Uh, or no, that's dogs in a bathtub. That's dogs in a bathtub. God so, damn it. No, that's when somebody else does it. I don't know. You know I feel way. like, you know, who knows when it comes down to there's all it takes all types. Either way. Thayer left Votto with a large responsibility, which again was the finances. Uh, Votto ended up stealing damn near $20,000. And then Theo was just like, well, that's not good. And uh, then they went to court and the whole thing is a waking freaking nightmare. And it seems like uh, one of these guys is going to die. You really think that something's going to happen? This is becoming, again, it's uncut gems. You literally have the a high-profile, high-stakes, high-pressure fight between two fish salesmen. Absolutely. And, man, when this guy cut the power, the two coolers, it was worth $20,000. And apparently there was also $2,800 of uh, cash was removed from a safe. So Votto... He caused a lot of damage. He really is going for it. He tr truly, truly is. Uh, this is uh, I also <laughs> one more thing. Thayer, Votto accuses Thayer of destroying pictures and memorabilia, including one picture that is that is uh, it's quote awards won by horses and trained by Votto. <laughs> no, it was just pictures of so him and the horses won that he by, Yeah, awards won by horses, owned and trained by Votto. So he destroyed those pictures. Man, whatever, dude. That's sad. That's, I mean, there's a lot of bitterness in the world of lobsters. I guess so. My goodness gracious. Live from your grave. Last podcast on the left is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Thanks, Squarespace. With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website all on your own terms. Don't let anybody tell you what to do. This ain't your mama's website platform. It is, actually. It's actually be very easy for your mother to learn. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine. It's a next-generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. I thought it was just the name of what my blood pressure medication turned me into. I'm, I'm peeing. Now, my goals for the year are I have two warehouses 
filled with horse picks. Now, I know a lot of people, uh, obviously this bit has been done, but the Zendaya centaur picks are not going anywhere. And I've been trying to get the Judge Reinhold sitting on the Clydesdale line out. Uh, I need these moved, okay, because I have to move into the storage unit. Let's just say there are problems at home. So I need square space to shoot this through the roof for me this year. And that's why I'm going to go full tilt. And not only are you going to get the Judge Reinhold sitting on the Clydesdale entire series, clothes and non-clothes, what we also are going to offer, and I mean this, we're trying to get into giraffe rides. I brought this up the other day. We got to start riding other animals but horses. Take pictures of the horses. Photoshop the horses into other celebrities, but stop riding them. Save a horse. Ride a giraffe with Squarespace. Go head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com. So this week, I promised a little bit of a UFO update. There isn't a heck of a lot out there in terms of new, because I was waiting for, because Lou Elizondo is supposed to be threatening new footage supposed to come out. That really is the proper way to put it. Threatening new footage. It is what it yeah. is. It is I think what that's, it is. that's a proper Jeremy assessment. Corbel says he's got new footage. We're sitting here waiting, being like, show me the boobies. I don't even know why I'm saying that, but show sure. me the boobies. Uh, I want to see I want to see what they've got. But I had a couple things to pop up that I kind of wanted to float your way that are fun little thought exercises that you should research. Okay. One is about Project Moondust. Mm. Project Moondust is the program that the U.S. government was trying to do, which is kind of a loose way to go into various other countries that we were in a cold war with, looking for crashed uh, space shuttle material and mm. like satellite material. I like the name. So when stuff falls to Earth, the top secret material that they send into the space into space that then crash to Earth. Their job were their their jobs were to go find the shit that crashed before other people would find it and steal the proprietary technology sure. that you'd find inside of it. Sounds so th- like they need to find themselves a truffle hog. Oh, pink! And then they took the pink. Oh, it was very sad. Um, but there, one of the stories that came out was the story of this three-ton cube-shaped satellite okay. found in Sudan in 1967. And if you listen to this, this is really, really cool. This is comes from a dump Ugh. of DIA records that came out from like somewhere in the 90s. But this is DIA records? DIA. DIA. Yes. Uh, that it's, it is very interesting. I'll read you this description of a thing that they found. Yes, please. Very cool. So this is a subject. Now, what you notice is when you look at old school confidential records they refer to what now we are now generally calling uap mm-hmm. a lot of times they would call them unknown helicopters and another common term was satellite they would say the word satellite sure. and that was sort of a dog whistle to people within the covert world that this is about something they didn't know what the hell it was and so if you read this this is really really interesting local press 17 august 67 reported that a satellite cube-shaped, weighing approximately three tons, discovered August 3rd, five miles from Kutum. This is in Iran. Um, It was described as made of soft metal, presumably light aluminum, in oblong cubes, measuring two inches by one inch, tightly fastened together and covered by a sort of silky material. The nationality is not identified as no inscriptions evident on outer surface. Local authorities have photographs and with difficulty cut samples. Oh. So they went, they cut chunks of it. And what you're seeing is more and more of these types of stories. Where well, then, people Mr. Say, Zabrowski, I must ask, 
We're the chunks. The chunks. Robert Bigelow. <laughs> Follow the money. He sold the chunks. Art Bell had arts parts for a while. These these are the self. <laughs> these are the chunks that they have been talking about in terms of the disc, the current disclosure that okay. we're in that they are trying to release. So this is actually laying a rational foundation then for the conversation that there might be chunks out there. There's a lot of talk that the big reveal will eventually be one day that they have chunks. Do you think it will come from arts parts? Do you think it'll come from a podcaster's merch page? Is that how this is going to work out? I mean, it depends on how much money people make in the in the, in the podcast wars of Ugh. 2025. <laughs> All right. But well. that is one story. And you know what's also I forgot about? So when we covered Project Moonshaft last week. Moonshaft. One of the things that we did, I forgot to cover, was how Ted Phillips, when he went to go research in Slovenia, like where the supposed hill was, where they're going to go look for this fucking keeper, they went out there. A part of it was funded by Jackie Gleason. Really? I'll I'll punch you all the way to the moon if you keep on talking. It's the best bit about hitting your wife that's ever been. Jackie Gleason, what an icon. But Jackie Gleason, if you don't know, if you're a Zoomer, Jackie Gleason is a big old fat guy that people used to love. He was was in the Honeymooners. He's an old-fashioned comedian guy. Yeah, I think that's about nails it. That's about all the information I could give you on him. That's all that matters. Um, That guy. That guy, he was in, you know, The Color of Money. He's a great actor, but he was just one of those. He's old school guy. But Jackie Gleason, the urban legend for years was that Richard Nixon had shown him an alien body. Jackie Gleason and Richard Nixon hanging out to be a fly on that wall. Oh, oh my. my. All nude. Just cut cut that tape. Cut the tape. Oh. Um, but Jackie Gleason apparently was, saw a UFO. He saw an alien body with Richard Nixon because it was like a, they got hammered at the White House. And he's just like, uh, I'll show you, Jackie. I got a shriveled one in the basement. I'm not talking about my penis. Whoa. And they went down there. They looked at it. He went like, I'm going to punch this one's to wife. Back to the moon. Yeah. And But then that the bit maybe Maybe that was all again. Let me use the word dog whistle again. I'm going to to the moon, Alice, to about moon. his interest in going to space. Isn't that nice? And how wonderful that is. He wanted to put a woman in space. It's, that's what it's and really how about. How nice is that? That's because what it was about. There's a lot of male astronauts. And uh, sometimes women would like to go to the moon as sometimes well. Sometimes they would. But apparently Jackie Gleason had, an, had a UFO shaped mansion. That he had, like, they finally sold, I guess. It's a spherical wonderland, the comedic legend designed as his getaway in Westchester County. Um, He called it the mothership, and it was built to look like a UFO. And a bunch of people partied inside of it. It's pretty, it's a, a, that's dope. That's a, well, that does, that buttons up our real estate corner, but that is a very nice house that looks like a UFO. I want that. Still not quite as cool as the Pizza Hut that has been turned into a residence because, mm, you can smell the The fresh bread now. Can you smell what the hood's also, uh, speaking of chunks, a um, bit of an update as well in Minneapolis. Adam Rich, Adam Richard Johnson. I didn't. I just finally realized Richard. Jo- that's a tough one. Adam. They they could call actually him no. Nick. Those are three. Those are three simple names. No, I know. I'm saying if you think about penis uh, related terms. Oh yeah, Richard yeah, yeah, and Johnson. Yeah, yeah, that's a both cocks. Yes. yes, Adam Richard Johnson. Uh, he's 36 years old. He is being found scattered. It's not good for him. He's been scattered all over Minneapolis. We covered it a little bit yet last week, but yeah, man, they're still finding chunks. Evidently, they found the head. So I I guess that's a big step in the right direction. I guess Um, so. We also have zero idea why he was absolutely 
ravaged and torn apart. There's rumors, and, uh, but we're they not are, speculate. At, at this point, they are just rumors. So we don't yes. really know yet what the fuck happens. Yes, we have no idea. It it does seem like a crime of passion, though. I mean, if and you someone spend was the very time, mad at him. if you spend the time to cut him up and put him out in various locations, you're upset. It's like yeah. the, the, we covered out. I'll say again, I don't know if people missed last week, the woman that murdered her husband with the uh, melted sugar yes. is because he was molesting the whole family. So that's like, so there was revenge in there as well. There's a lot of revenge this week. There's this story about um, the beloved McKinleyville Peacock, oh. this neighborhood mascot who was found dead after a, Craig, after a Craigslist ad ordered the hit. They killed a peacock that was a national mascot? Oh, yep. This comes from the Lost Coast Outpost. Um, the job is simple. Oh. So began the ad posted to Craigslist. Um, someone needs to get rid of a peacock. Of a peacock? By any means necessary. Oh, my goodness. Now, why? I, mean, I want to get rid of the app, but I don't want to get rid of the bird. The bird came here about four months ago. No one knows from where, and no one here owns it. Please contact me so we can what? form a strategy to eliminate this bird and also to agree on how much you will be compensated um apparently he said That's it's no it keeps waking him up at dawn with its noisy calls so the man has gone completely fucking insane he really did and the thing that henry just said was actually written in the ad again please contact me to find some kind of strategy to eliminate this bird so the bird's waking him up early again side stories lpotl at gmail.com i have no idea if these birds are that loud um, but on Wednesday, the bird was no longer loud because it was found dead, covered in its own blood. Oh, yeah. With a uh, with a gunshot wound to its lower breast. So it seems like this man killed uh, the peacock. And I got to say, just can't you enjoy nature a little bit? I mean, he just can't handle it. He wanted revenge against his peacock. He didn't like how proud it was. According to the Lost Coast Outpost, they're saying that they have the guy. That posted the Craigslist ad, but they have a line on him, but they want to hear his side of the story and they don't want to come forward with it until they hear what he has to say because he has yet to be charged with a crime. Well, it seems as if whoever did this is very mean spirited because the peacock did have someone that loves it or some some people. He was a neighborhood. The people loved him in the neighborhood. He was a neighborhood mascot. People he, go and feed him. Absolutely. Melissa and Mike Glass, they named the peacock Azul. They adopted them six years ago when he showed up at their house uh, on a birthday for Melissa. And so this bird, he's just trying to have fun, trying to make friends. Melissa says he comes for the company, but stays for the extra treats. Hey, hey, that's what how we got to be friends. Exactly. <laughs> and then we, it's very strange to feel like that the the answer is to kill it. Well, Where it's why like you would could you? get it. You could go and have you like call like animal service. It seems or like all the other neighbors liked it. him. But the you, I understand you not wanting to be woken up. I understand how that must be infuriating. I'm not allowed to kill my neighbors. Oh my god! I'm people, not allowed to. I get we get woken. You get woken up all the time. Yeah, and I hate it. Sometimes again, the first thing I see in my mind is me buying up houses in the neighborhood after winning all this money on the stock market and buying up house after house and bulldozing them and watching the families cry well, and cry outside. It's like bulldoze them. Then I don't even put up new houses. I just leave them empty. I leave them fallow, and I I let them, the weeds grow. And I just sit there and be like, Do you remember when you had a home here? And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I've become a, I didn't mean to become an evil industrial developer, but this is what happens when a reasonable man is pushed to do unreasonable things. Well, much like the end of There Will Be Blood, I think you're going to find yourself alone. That's how it is. And that's and really that's sad. Why I'm actually sad for you for that. But guess what? That's why I always, I, I think that thought, and then I let it pass by me. 
It's like it's a noisy cloud. Isn't that nice? And what a noisy cloud it was. Kelsey Radiant uh, and her daughter also knew the bird. This is what Radiant said. She says it was a very communal peacock. It makes the rounds and it says hi to everybody. Well, it's because it's and fucking, you, know, you, you know made a bunch of money. Like, honestly, it's like, it's yeah, it's communal. It's eating. It's begging. No, it's not begging. It has fun. And, and uh, it also, a- according to Radiant, um, there was an elderly woman who would feed him cookies. And then she says, my dad fed him sourdough bread every morning. And then this scoundrel. They shouldn't be feeding a bird bread, though. It's actually bad for a bird. Well, sourdough bread is always good. And then this scoundrel. <laughs> Killed him, Henry. I'm it's mad at this sad. guy. I'm mad at this guy. I Whoever think it you is. Should be, I said straight up at the top that you shouldn't have killed the bird. You should relocate the bird. We do that with priests. Yes. Relocate the bird. Oh, my God. Also, the, the body was inspected. Um, by, by who? By a dude named Mike Glass, who is the former yeah, mentioned. Yeah, let me get in there. Mike Glass, he saw it. He inspected the body. He says it was shot with a twenty-two or another small caliber gun. And then he says... The bird must have bled out slowly for a couple of hours. Jesus fucking this Christ. Is sad. All right, they're all right. Now we're really getting all right. They're kind of trumping it up. But this is what also, are you what if about? you look at the, I do love, or if you go right to the comment section of this article, peacocks are noisy, horrid animals. Oh my yes, God. They are beautiful, but I have a deep disdain for them. My neighbor owns several, and they interfere with my ability to get peace and quiet at all hours. A full night's sleep without earplugs is an impossibility. The roosters start in before dawn, and their calls are answered by the peacocks. I hate them. I hate them all. This article gives me a devilish pleasure, because I think oh. anyone who has peacocks is inconsiderate to the extreme. Well, follow whoever that guy it is. Says, He's the killer. It says right here, seriously, is his account name. Unfortunately, my asshole neighbor is within their rights to keep these animals because we are rural but I'm filled with evil thoughts on a daily basis. Buddy, you gotta figure it out. Therapy, deep breaths. According to Melissa Glass, it's quite a sticky situation because um, when her husband talked to Fish and Game, they were like, is it your pet? Do you, have, do you have a cage for it? And they're like, it's not really our pet. It's sort of like the thing. It's just kind of cool. Yeah, you know? it's not a pet. That's a problem. It's hard to prosecute something when it doesn't technically belong to anything because what we learned from Pocahontas is that nothing belongs to anybody. Absolutely. And what a great movie reference that was. They figured it was safer for Zul to roost in the nearby trees as opposed to have a cage for him. And then they also said, we get, we get bears out here. But it turns out the bear... They were not the monster, were they? No. It was man. It was man, the ultimate predator. I also cannot believe a man read this article and then posted that comment. Hey, <laughs> absolutely, it's unbearable. It's absolutely untimely, and I absolutely the peacock, the big feathers. Oh man! Also, so they went to talk to the sheriff deputy, and then the and then uh, Melissa says it was discouraging because well, he said we make a case, although he didn't think very strong. He was pretty transparent that it would be lower priority given the <laughs> backlog of cases, which I understand if you have real crime, but in my mind, if this man would kill the town peacock, he's going to break and enter into your home and kill your mother. He'll kill your mother. It's possible. Oh, yeah. He'll do anything because he did it for no money. No, he just, he just did kill. It. He did it for the joy of killing the bird. I mean, I guess I love sleeping, but I also get woken up all the time by my dogs and I never once thought about shooting them. Tell me. Tell me about it, bro. All right. Anyway, so Hold be careful. Me. If you're a peacock out there, 
Just be extremely careful. If you're a peacock and you're listening to this, email sidestorieslpotl at gmail.com and explain to me what it's like being you. Oh, I would love to know. Also, just briefly in animal news, on last episode, you know how I just contribute nothing but the best on last podcast. You truly do. Nothing but you are the net, the safety net. Safety net. Um, I did mention riding on a turtle's back and having it go into the water and then you die. Mm. Apparently, people, this is a true story. People tried to ride an endangered sea turtle while it was laying eggs on a South Carolina beach. That's not good. They have been detained. Mm. Um, it was. I jo- shall not be detained. They were, though. A large group of people surrounding and sitting on a large sea turtle. When That's officers arrived, really fucking stupid. the suspects fled, and the officers have classified the incident as animal cruelty. I, um, yeah, yeah, it is animal cruelty. It is. It was laying 77 eggs. And the nest is under protection, and people just stop sitting on the damn turtles. There's so many places to sit. Seriously, stop sitting on the turtles. Don't sit on a turtle if you sit sitting there. It's laying eggs. Okay, it's either shitting or laying eggs. Yeah. And also, Travis actually said this very pointedly before the show. Check its snout. Check because it if you snout. look at it, you got to make sure it's not a snapping turtle, because now it'll bite your fucking dick off. Maybe you deserve it. And this entire thing, you know where it happened? In Horry County. Yep. H-O-R-R-Y Sounds like County. a real... Sounds like it. Yep. The Horry County Police have descriptions of several suspects, but no arrests at this time. I don't necessarily know if they need to be arrested. However, they do need to be spoken to by a turtle about how it makes them feel when they are used as a bench. Drive from your grave. No, this is a man who also deserves to be arrested. This is, I, I think, um, is it sad to say it's my favorite story of the week? But it's also, it's <laughs> fucked up. It's a bad story. Um, yeah. This is the story of a Colorado father who was convicted of killing his 13-year-old son. Oh, now we're going to get into Jesus. why. We're going we're gonna to talk about why. Um, so oh, his son is just a this, He just was a little, little boy. Six, he was 13, 13 years old. old. It, does it, it, it was really sad, right? Oh. Uh, Mark Redwine, 59, was indicted in 2017 because his son was missing in 2012. So he went missing for five years. Um, well, this was a... It, t- it definitely t- took him a little time to, to make the arrest. Oh, yeah. Dylan Redwine, who was reported missing on November 19, 2012, while on a court-ordered Thanksgiving visit to his father's oh, home. Oh, my it's God. Hold um, on a second. What a they found fucking nightmare. A court ordered. Oh, yes. You got to go. I don't want to go see my dad at Thanksgiving. The got court says you go. have to go. Have to Maybe go. this was a problem with the court. Oh, because yeah. Because it seems like the father wasn't really stable. This is what happened. So Dylan Redwine's remains were found a few miles from his father's home in 2013 because hikers found his skull in 2015. Prosecutors or argued that Redwine, he killed Dylan in a fit of rage after they argued when he discovered photos of Redwine Wearing women's lingerie and eating shit out of a diaper. You know, if you're going to eat shit, at least do it with a plate. And the diaper, that is a shit plate. So that all kind of checks out. So just once again, Mark Redwine, the man who killed his son, Dylan. Dylan is the one who saw the pictures of his father eating human feces (gasps) and wearing a bra, which is, of course, the least of the offenses here. So that, to me, if you're Dylan... Can't just what a shitty time. Well, he is. What a bad time to know that's your father. What do you do? All right, side stories lpotl at gmail.com. You find pictures of your beloved family member because you know <sighs> he obviously had a mental break he did i'm not remotely excusing what the father did but you're looking at your son who then sees a picture of you he you because you, you can almost see the scene where like you know dylan was probably looking around because that's how i used to look for like 
pills or whatever in my diapers no 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 but it's like i've been looking for like pills and shit in my parents like medical cabinet all the kind of stuff like especially when i was home from college just super curious and then i remember finding like the first time i found the big batch of rough rider condoms that my father used and my mother oh your father reason. was a rough rider guy oh huh? yeah because then i also remember those were the condoms he gave me in high school for me to use on my own girlfriend oh i don't think you're a rough rider guy no 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 but i used them and then also i didn't realize it was the same condoms that my father used. And so it's like a weird connection. It's like a tether to Very us odd. together that really crippled me mentally for a, for a hot second. Well, but I wouldn't wear kinda, those anymore. I just, I just let all that slide past. I just let the trauma go past. But hmm. this is like you digging through, like maybe you're looking for secrets. You find a picture of your father in women's underwear eating little shit out of a, out diaper. Of a diaper. And then he yeah. walks in and he sees it. Because in my mind, you know what I would do? If I saw it, I'd be like, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I, I, uh, huh. well, I think oh, dad, so this is hilarious. This Halloween, I would just act, I would try to do my best to say, like, dad, you're crazy. That's this funny. This is a little wacky. Oh, this dad. is a little wacky, whatever. Right. And just kind of get rid of the picture, try to maybe cut the tension because you can kind of see, imagine his face becoming like a frozen Ren and Stimpy, like still with just the eye twitching, like looking at his son going, Daddy, why are you dressed like mommy? Uh, I don't think that his mother dressed like that. No, either. no, they're divorced. Yeah, it seems like they, he she was... stopped wearing lingerie for him for a long time ago. Well, it seems like he had a, a massive dookie fetish, which can really take a strain on a relationship. So Mark's defense, again, that's the father here who loves to eat human shit, which he might actually have a good time in prison. I'm sure he'll find someone to accommodate mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to making him that soft serve. Um, Mark, uh, he said that his son Dylan... Eh, it was probably attacked by a bear or a mountain ah, lion. Ah, must have been. Um, but the problem with that is it uh, turns out the, the son's blood was all over the house, um, including the love seat. It was underneath the couch. It was under the coffee table. Mm -hmm. uh, blood was found beneath the rug. Uh, Redwine's girlfriend at the time. So again, he had a he had a girlfriend. Um, so yeah, that's he had not, a girlfriend he had too. A girlfriend and an yeah, ex-wife. Yeah, I'm so upset. Um, his girlfriend, in an attempt to protect her dookie loving. Uh, boyfriend uh, said that Dylan just cut his finger and must have bled in the living room. But you that's know a lot. Because honestly, I've always covered the whole living room in blood. Oh, of course. And Three she, or four times a week. Yeah, she said, don't worry about the blood. Dylan cut his finger and bled in the living room about a year before he disappeared. Ah, uh, so yeah, that's yeah. So a, that's, you're going to want to say that's the reason why. You want to not just say, oh, it could be Sharpie. Yeah, it could be. Um, they alleged that he, oh my God, this is so fucking bad as if eating dookie out of uh, well again anything with consent yeah you if do you want to eat shit i mean we have to say this it's have 2021 it. i don't it, even care but you want to eat shit do it yes the girl nice boss thing, the night girl boss yeah mm, ooh. boss baby it's so weird um yeah boss baby shouldn't be bosses let them just be out of capitalism until they're 18 oh my god that's when they bring you back in that's yeah. when they force you in um mark redwine apparently he decapitated his son because he wanted to get rid of the evidence um, that linked him to the boy's injuries. Why are you so Why ashamed of your dookie man? fetish, man? You're doing it. You took a picture of it. Why? You should celebrate court... this. This is. He should be standing there with his sons, being oh. like this. And that's why me and the other member of the Father's Chocolatier Bureau, all of us that love the sweet, sweet lumps of that cocayo from the bottom, Dude. I want to say I'm here. 
and I'm visible with my sons that know I like to do this. Sure. This is a huge opportunity for everyone to grow. Well, I think also sometimes, you know, your fetishes don't need to be shared with your children. No, it's probably best. Um, It probably helps. It really certainly, like, it does affect them being like, because every single time you'd be like, Dad, can I have the keys to the car this weekend? No, son. I've told you time and time again, you need to get a job to pay for your own car. Yeah, what about that time I saw that picture of you in mom's underwear eating shit? Here's a thousand dollars. There you go. Thank you. Um, So apparently, Mark... Being a, the little weird ass, um, I'm going to say attention whore that he is, he went on Dr. Phil in yes. 2013. So that means on national television, we all watched a man probably the night before ate human shit oh, because he's nervous. nervous. Well, now he's nervous. He wants to fucking, he needs to calm down. He needs to go to his happy he place. He killed his son. He also has, he has nobody watching him anymore. So now he's free to eat shit whenever he wants. The only... Motivation is Mark Redwine as far as like who would want to kill this poor boy. And Dr. Phil just sat there and shook his hand and talked to him. I'll tell you what. I've actually heard there's more and more stories of bears robbing people's homes. (laughs) And our children are in danger. They might be, doctor. According to Brandon, Dylan's half-brother, he says, quote, I figured Mark knows something. He goes on, I don't know what he knew. I didn't know he knew I don't. I didn't know how he knew it, so I. I don't know. I, what? It's, I don't it's know. a. It's a fucked up story. Obviously, I'm just. So... But also, just like man, I, there's something about that. I can visualize it so clearly. That moment of the father seeing the son hold the pictures. Oh, and they're just sitting there. I don't want to visualize it. You just. Guess, what you looking please at? Email us. What you're looking at? Hey, what you looking at? Oh my god! You know. We obviously, there is no such thing as a perfect parent, is there? It's <laughs> there, not possible. It's, there's no manual. There, there are a lot of manuals, but there's yeah, no. But they're all written by psychopaths manual. trying yeah. to make money. Yeah, they don't just, know, they it's don't all care. written by people who are like the worst parents. Yeah, always. The, the, yeah, they yeah, because the they, they took time away from, they stopped raising their kids to write books about raising them. It's like when you look on Instagram, you're looking at dog videos on Instagram, and then you look down and you say, I have two dogs, so I'm going to play with my dogs. Yes, exactly. Which I've done multiple, multiple, <laughs> multiple times in my life. We're like, why am I looking at this dog being like, it's cute. I'm like, I have two cute dogs. So anyway, um, if you are a, a parent and you have some, you got your wacky new fetishes, you have a good time. Separate. Lockbox. Just honestly, Al Gore lockbox. I think that's good. Keep it a lockbox. Keep it under the bed. Because honestly, isn't that kinky too? You'll like that better almost. Because then it's even more like hidden. And it was he and the one weird. wearing the diapers? Was it on uh, his? No, own he was, anyway. I, I is... want to say that the diapers were kind of just like an hors d'oeuvre. It was like in front of him, like it was guacamole, and then he was just like you uh-huh. could see the, mm, the right look on his face. Yeah. All right. Well, we also have a story here that is, um, man, be careful out there. You know, speaking the world's of, opening up, so more people are—they're oh, really excited to get back out, and doing water sports, having fun, being on the lake, doing all this type of shit. But you have to really watch yourself. If it's been a while you've, since you've been on a jet ski, oh. and mostly you've just been home for a while, I feel like you don't—you should walk a little bit, get some blood flowing before you just jump into Maybe it. Because stretch, stretch, because if you don't, some bad things can happen to you. This is from our favorite newspaper, The Sun. And when we mention water sports, we're not talking about the poopy eating adjacent. No, no, no. We're not talking about the pee-pee, and obviously the pee-pee a little bit different than the poo-poo. We're talking about the actual idea of being in water for sport. This is just somebody, um, they they had a dream on TikTok 
Uh, and I don't know what's going to happen to him. Woman, 21, reveals horror internal injuries in jet ski accident. Um, so she uh, talks about this. She's on TikTok and she is a model. She obviously is a model. Very you can look pretty, at her. obviously. Um, she sure. was on a jet ski with friends and she lost grip of the person in front of her, which is difficult, right? Because you're bouncing, you're bouncing and bouncing and you can't just oh, grab onto the breasts. Very dangerous. Um, very hard to do. She fell backwards over the craft's water spray, causing it to shoot up her bum and according to her this is this is uh her statement the water jet shot up me bum and tore up all me insides okay matilda she is very beautiful i'm not sure if that's how she sounds but perhaps it is um evidently once the water shoved up her butthole it was not a fun enema situation all right matilda she said I kept on vomiting every couple of seconds, uh. and every time I vomited, I felt intestines coming out me bum. So she's vomiting, and as she vomits, intestines are coming out of her butthole, um, which I can only imagine is cause for concern. Um, she goes on. You can just continue on because uh, she really does let the world know what happened exactly. Once I got to shore, the paramedics came and they saved me. I woke up in the hospital 24 hours later and I found out they had perforated my bowel, my intestines, and tore my sphincters. Sphincters? I tore each one of my sphincters. It meant that all the contents of my bowel went inside my abdominal cavity, as well as some dirt and water from the lake. This is the scariest thing I've ever heard happen on water that doesn't involve a brain-eating um, bacteria. I didn't know that water... Could go up your asshole like that? Oh, yeah. Because it shoots right up your fucking asshole. It's right up the hole. But right, how it goes right was in. she ready? Was, I don't understand. Why? How did it get in there? Well, she's skinny. What does that mean? That she doesn't have is- a lot of meat covering the hole. So <gasps> when the hole it can't be fully protected like that, it goes right up in there. And then it blows through the sphincters. Um, and then I look because then some of the comments from her fans saying, OMG, girl, this is crazy. I've never heard of such a thing. But now that I know this can happen, I don't think I'll ever get on one again. I've heard this kind of accident. It's kind of common. Sometimes it can be way worse. And people what? lose some of their intestines. I don't need you to like woman-splain how it could have been worse to me. I, my intestines shot up into my stomach and I'm shitting them out. Maybe honestly, this is bad enough. I am happy that she, obviously she's alive and she's recuperating. This is going to help her TikTok account. Uh, they, I think that it's going to be big. She gets to be the poo-poo in my butt is in my stomach now, girl. Yeah. And that's huge. Well, interestingly enough, she does say that this was my, she says, quote, this is my first and last time on a jet ski. Wow. That's uh, sad. Also, the Aussie TikTok star, uh, she posted a video, got more than a million views. This is what I'm saying. So there you go. It all worked out for her in the end, didn't it? It did. It worked out in her end. The picture of her lying in the hospital bed is kind of... <laughs> she put makeup on. She looks She looks beautiful. She did good. You know what I mean? Like, you know, she's definitely just going like, me sphincters with a thumbs up. <laughs> Because then you oh, blow out God. all your sphincters. It's It sounds horrible. It seems like maybe the first split second you're like, ooh, kind of nice. And then it, you see maybe a cleanse, you see. It happens but so then fast, it, uh, though. It happens too fast. I vomited now. and I felt my intestines <laughs> come out me bum. Okay. Okay. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> I think it's time for Hero of the Week. Yeah, let's do Hero of the Week. Oh, just just. Just right before, I'll just read this headline from 7 News. Florida man tries to throw live gator onto building's roof. All right, well, so there you, you go. did it again. Apparently, a, uh, a Florida man told police officers he was, quote, teaching the alligator a lesson, <laughs> and he wanted to throw him on top of the roof. So that's a ridiculously stupid story that 
really doesn't matter. Okay, everyone, let's do Hero of the Week! This week's Hero of the Week are sanitation workers. Isn't that nice? I, hey, man, I we uh, I love sanitation. Shout out to our sanitation workers. They cover up evidence, but they also help us every single day not smell like rotted, fetid flesh. I love sanitation. One of the most powerful unions there is in New York. Sanitation's worker, sanitation workers, they were quick thinking. This boy, he's seven years old. His name is Elias Quazada. And he climbed in front of a he climbed into a trash can, right? But it wasn't just like a trash can. It was a big one of those big, big old dumpsters. The dumpster. It was a big ass dumpster, right? And then he was in there, and then they were gonna go dump the dumpster. Yes. And they were like, "Oh shit! I think we hear a child." Well, we've in there. had that. We've seen that happen several times where they if they didn't check and they've like killed homeless people inside of dumpsters. Absolutely. And so Elias, the boy, he was really scared when the garbage truck rolled up. He was like, "Oh shit!" He started hearing the mechanical arm going, and he said, "Yes, I was scared." I felt like I was going to be a mashed potato. That is cute. Which is horrifying. That is no seven-year-old should ever feel like they're going to be a mashed potato. So these wonderful sanitation inspectors says, no way, not today. You're not going to be a mashed potato. And then they saved the boy. And then he said, it was a bad day for me. I was very scared. Oh, man, I'm glad he did good work. He's good sanitation workers. Yeah, garbage people. Yeah. Absolutely. That was the sanitation workers quote there, Waldo Fidel. He was behind the wheel. And he checked the surveillance video, managed to spot Elias, and hit the stop button. That is huge. Honestly, so, that's very nice. Waldo I'm, Fidel and sanitation workers across the world saving children from dumpsters. Your hero of the week. Tip your garbage man. If you get in there, tip your garbage man. <laughs> Honestly, this week, do it. Give him $5. Give I him a Starbucks might, card. I think they might think that you're hiding bodies. No, you give them a wink. They like that, though. Then at least they know they feel on their inside they're a part of a club. They like to be part of unions. I love it. Um, All right. One thing that came up last week that I forgot, because we talk about can you eat bat, and then I forgot, obviously, the whole, like, wet market in China thing with, like, the people talking about whether sure, or not people Sure, so is, is that the start of COVID or kind not? Of shit. And I honestly like, like, like lab stuff there. I act, we got one good bad biologist letter that basically said, please stop eating bats. Um, Just don't do it if you can. And also, get a bad house. Take care of bats. They get bats, get a bad rap. Um, and they're actually now suffering from a thing called white nose syndrome. What's that? It's a fungus. It's an invasive fungus. So try to take care of a bat in oh your community. Maybe if they're you meet doing, one. Are they doing cocaine? Bat cane. Get that bat. Get them fentanyl strips. Yeah. from your grave. Before I read these listener emails, uh, I want to just put it out there that we are taking not a break, but we are going to be putting up some stuff next week. Yeah. That is going to just be because we need some research time. So we have about a week of best ofs coming out for you, Absolutely. but it's one week. So don't worry about it. I don't even think you have to be defensive. I think I'm just fantastic. saying it is one week. People are going to love it. But we're right back, we're right back there because we work too hard to take the summer off. Why would we? Why why give in to these European I, ideals? I don't even like the heat or the sun. So, yeah, I'll stay inside in the summertime and do a little bit of blabbing and working. That's mm. fine with me. There you go. This is a good story. The Void. Oh. This story takes place in the fall of 2013 in El Dorado Hills. Uh, this is towards Tahoe. After getting off of work, I, 20-year-old male, Join my two friends, <laughs> Jamie, 22, and Kevin, 20, to Even go to a bonfire party. Okay, I like the names. Very dragnet. Yes, we did, yeah. yeah. We were at a mutual friend's ranch property. We have to drive through the foothills of Placer County, which has the local law that bans streetlights on the main street to reduce light pollution. We are going around bends that increase our elevation at each turn, with a waning moon peeking through the heavily wooded terrain. The car is being driven by Kevin with myself in the passenger seat and Jamie in the back. Okay. About 15 minutes from our destination, we came around to a corner to reveal a deep valley that we are high enough in elevation to look down into. In the valley, about a quarter mile away, 
we can see a service road in the middle of a dozen or so lights lining the street that leads to some sort of manufacturer farming complex. Something catches our attention, and we pull over in an overlook and step out, onto, uh, step out of the car. The object that confused us seemed to be floating in between this service road, blocking some of the light from where we were looking. Hmm. It was as it was a massive dark void, egg-like, egg-like in shape. From our perspective, the lights from the road below became blotted out almost entirely, except for a fuzzy rim of dim light surrounding the unknown shape. It was a dark night to begin with, but this object was the darkest thing we could see, hmm. completely devoid of light, only to shimmer and fade toward the perimeter of its oval body as it slowly pulsed and hovered above the ground. We estimated the length was roughly a football field, but there wow. was a weird visual parallax making it difficult to perceive if this object was directly above the road, a quarter mile away, or actually a lot closer. Kevin and I had a rush of adrenaline. We try to rationalize what we're seeing, but we, we have this sort of built, this both, but they both felt a deep fear in this thing's presence. Jamie's standing about three feet behind us, completely silent, until out of nowhere, he starts frantically telling us to get back in the car. Having felt the tension in the air, we all get back in the car and drive back to the road. The car was silent for a few minutes as we nervously glanced at the object through the trees until we ran around another corner and when it went out of sight. Kevin would agree later that we both felt terrified to ask Jamie the reasoning behind his reaction. Another few minutes go by, I mustered the courage to break the silence and ask Jamie why was he freaking out so much. He confessed to us that the moment he stepped out of the car, he went into a paralysis. Oh. He started getting tunnel vision on the void object before he heard it call out each one of our names in his mind and tell us to leave. Okay. When that happened, he described the feeling of getting snapped awake by a sudden shock. And he had this panic attack. We all became more unsettled as we collectively confirmed the same feeling of uneasiness and being unwelcome in the area. We continued to the bonfire, where we attempted to describe what we what it was that we saw. It's good bonfire conversation. It is. Yeah. With many skeptics dismissing us, of course. Of course. We felt disheartened, embarrassed, and in shock. So we called it early and left to head home. But we had to take the same road. As the familiar valley comes back into view, my heart rate starts to spike not knowing what the price might be for disobeying the void's request for us to leave. Instead, the object was now gone. You could see the street lamps and all this kind of, we could see the whole thing. We drove back to our homes for a night of no sleep. Whoa. It's very interesting. Very I, I do cool. love stories like that. Absolutely. Great story. Thank you so much for sharing that wonderful tale of weirdness. Hi, my name is Kat. My parents built the house I grew up in, so I know no one ever died in it. When I was little, probably six, my dad was out of town for a conference and I was sleeping in the big bed with my mom. In the middle of the night, I sat up awake very suddenly and saw someone I thought was my mom standing in a white nightgown, hmm. brushing her hair in front of the mirror above the dresser. I asked mom and I heard a grumble from next to me. What are you doing? My mom rolled over and said groggily, sleeping. I turned to see her next to me and looked back up at the woman who is now looking at me. It was not my mom, but she did look similar. Darker hair, older style of nightgown. She set the brush on the dresser, still holding eye contact with me, and vanished. A couple of months later, I saw her again during the day. I was sitting on my bed where I could see through the office, living room, and into the kitchen. The woman was standing in the doorway to the kitchen 
wearing 19th century dress and examining the post-its on the doorframe. My mom walked through her and she vanished. A few weeks later, I woke up to her standing in my room, gently smiling down at me from the foot of my bed. I was sleeping under a woven Christmas blanket that was dark green on the one side and white on the other. She reached down and flipped the blanket so the white side was facing out. She told me to always sleep that way because the light would protect me. Okay. This is probably that set my future in chaos magic into motion. She sat on the bed to watch over me and I went back to sleep. I saw her a couple of more times before my papa died. The night after he passed, I saw him sitting, pleading not to leave. He told me he wasn't ready for death. I was seven, almost eight by this time, and that was not an easy experience. I tried to tell my parents that Papa was in my room, very upset about being dead. And my dad almost whooped my ass for upsetting my mom like that. Oh, well, that's I felt a nice very response. Ashamed. Oh, yeah, it is nice. That's a nice response. Um, I, I felt very ashamed. I didn't see him or the woman again, likely because that experience made me afraid. But a few years later, my, my Mima redesigned her dining room. New paint, new table, and on the wall, she hung up two antique painted portraits. One of Isaiah Clark and the other one of his wife, Abigail Clark, my great-great-grandparents. The kind ghost lady in the house was the woman in the painting. Bum, 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 bum. I have so many stories like this. Very, awesome. very interesting. Wow. All right. Well, thank you all so much for sending in those fantastic, creepy stories. And I got a couple of other good ones I'm going to cover next week, these other stories down here. All right. Very cool. Scary. That's fucking scary, man. We did this shit. I love um, it. So, guys, man, holy shit. Just love every day not knowing your parents' hidden fetishes. Yeah, nice. they'll never know. You can live your You'll... whole life not knowing oh. that your father likes to dress up as a bird and have somebody fucking throw a food in his mouth. Or sure, like sure. Your mom just wants her tits like turned into fucking cornucopias like from Thanksgiving like who, decorations. Who knows? I don't know what you want, but honestly, when it comes down to it, I guess they can because they're adults. And then one day when you get old enough, you can just laugh with your nah. parents about all the ways they love to come. Yep. And of course, you might find yourselves having a similar sexual fetish, and then you guys can laugh about that really as well. Really do it. Isn't that great? Okay, everyone. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Hope you're doing well out there. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Magustalations. And me. Get our coffee. Last podcast merch. Yes. Thank you all so much for supporting Spring Hill Jet Coffee. They love it, man. It means a lot to them. It really does. Let's do it. It's It's, grand and mean. It's great to help out other small businesses. Grand and mean. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's this right here. What would you do if another extra hour of your day? I mean, well, obviously I'd get some nunchuck training in. Oh, I'd make love to my wife. That takes about nine. That's a full nine minutes of that hour. And then I would probably uh, go to get a donut. And then I'd probably yell at my parents. But a lot of us wish we had more time. The question is time for what? I don't know. What works for you? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. And therapy can help you find out what matters to you so you could do more of it. You know that question? They're like, if you had a billion dollars, what would you do? You know, and like, you know, when I answer it's, of course, I would grind the government to a standstill with my giant machine of my making in secret for many years. But a lot of people get mad at that. And it's really hard to do that in a job interview or like when you're meeting somebody's like your significant other's parents for the first time. So 
And we might actually want to think of starting therapy. So give BetterHelp a try. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-A-S-T-P-O-D.